Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's ticking. I say it's kind of... Oh. oh. I'll, I'll, think it was, well, I'll bring it up in a second. No, it's fine. I mean, this is the time. If you want to bring it up, bring it up now, Pernell. Well, we haven't said the intro. Hello, welcome to the Pixel. My name is Rob Nichols. That's Pernell. Everybody who listens to Great View, Vegan Music, Rock Categories, Pernell, air your grievances. All right. Time <laughs> to walk around the pole here. So, um, the Festivus pole. I just I think it was funny that we were talking about like 80s like humor and like 80s, like 80s based uh, entertainment in the concept of the show's topic for the day because there are definitely elements that I do miss. There's elements that I don't miss. But, um,. It's funny how, despite having that general feeling, even the stuff I don't yeah. miss, it still ultimately factors into that pocket of 80s nostalgia where I'm like, remember when that happened? Man, that made me, like, like for this to this day, for example, I hated the concept of Steve Urkel. I hated it. Oh, yeah. Despite the fact that he himself wasn't bad, I, he was portrayed in such a way. Yeah, like, as a kid of that time, I'm like, oh, a fun, nerdy, kind of clowny kid. Yeah. But I wasn't thinking, like, wait, if I, I mean, I'm a young, nerdy white boy. I'm okay with that. But if I was, like, a young, nerdy black guy, I would be, like, probably really upset about it. And it annoys wow, you. Wow, I dropped the F-bomb. <laughs> but it also really annoys you, too. Also, hey, it's, it's, it's 80s we're talking about here. Um, but <laughs> Everything's the, flying. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, like... Urkel at the core was a pretty solid character, right? Like he was a, he was intelligent. Yeah. He could invent cool things. He was kind. He helped people out when he could. He did. He was a decent person. He was annoying, as was written, but he was a good person, also as was written. He was, and but yet he all was, people cared about was when they wanted to insult you was high waters, snort, uh, yeah. laugh, and clumsiness. Never the other. Solid qualities of the character. Oh, you know, he had, he was pretty toxic with what's her name. Um, oh, Laura. I'm going to wear you down. Mm. Like, like that is, that, that he's got to let it go because she says no, he's got to move on. Oh, they, let's be, let's be blunt that's here. That's not they cool. wrote They wrote that character poorly in that capacity yeah. because he had actual opportunities to talk to people that treated him better, yeah. looked better. She had every had right to, rapport. she had every right to call the police after like one season. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> But it's like it's just the fact that like he had access and opportunity with people who were nicer to him, were looked better than her, yeah, had better personalities than her. Like they had all these things she didn't, and he was just like, nah, nah, I can't. <laughs> I am faithful to someone who doesn't give hoot magoots about me and my yeah, existence. Yeah, yeah, and of course, you know, it's a sitcom, so at the end of the series, it all worked out for him in the end because he was the main character in the end. Yeah, and um, he, he ended up marrying her after going to space. <laughs> You know, to go to space. Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels. <laughs> <laughs> the show what? where we talk about not video games. We are a video game, <laughs> excuse me, a video game music podcast. We listen to great music from all consoles and all generations every week. Um, my name is Rob Nichols. And I am not Steven. And um, <laughs> you know, I thought we, 
we had some um, 80s, a little early 80s conversation going on today. We have a, we're going to a, a, a themed party next. This is coming weekend, right? Yeah, and it's going to be weird. I don't know your character, but we're supposed to be getting cards. I'm Biff Buffman. You're Biff Buffman? Biff Buffman. I'm, and I, I'm not even buying a costume. I'm going to put it together with stuff in the house. I'm Danny's son. I am um, I'm, I'm essentially the Karate Kid. I'm Zach Morris. I, I, trash. I, but hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm not, I'm not advocating, so, but I'm going to portray that character. I, I either portray the character as like the Karate Kid character, or I do it like a weeaboo. Where like I make like a really annoying Japanese references and like talk about anime nonstop because I'm obsessed with Japanese culture. So for those who are like, what party are these guys talking oh, yeah. about? <laughs> it's an '80s murder mystery party. Yeah, I'm where we were all that. like given character identities. We were given associations with other people. I haven't gotten those yet. Yeah, you'll probably get it at the party itself. Yeah. And I'm like trying to hold off to the party because I got to deal with people that I'm like I don't want to talk to them offline or whatever. So I'm yeah, waiting yeah. till I'm there. But like. I don't know how this is going to play out. I just know that the character I was given reminds me of Zach Morris, so I get to get like a preppy scarf That's and like awesome. some cargo pants and like some freaking deer stag shoes that I have in the closet. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. And I get to walk in there and be the complete opposite of my usual self, like smug, like, hey, everybody. You got, what? You, look, you looking thirsty over there. You want something to drink, woman? I got you covered. Look, take this money. I don't that, need this that money. That would be so fun. I don't need this. My dad's got me covered. My Christ- family's got me in the pocket. Christy's essentially Punky Brewster. Oh, that'd be a fun yeah, character. Just yeah. don't get locked in the fridge. Locked in the fridge? Yeah. Remember that the nope. episode Punky nope. Brewster was known nope. for? Nope. It was an episode where her and Cherry no, were playing hide and go seek, okay. and Cherry hid inside of a refrigerator, <laughs> and it locked her inside, and she almost suffocated in the fridge. Danny Tanner. Oh, that would have been amazing. If this were a 90s thing, I'd be Danny Tanner. Let's be honest. Someone's probably going to be Danny Tanner. Yeah, someone's going to be like that sitcom dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's Tom, that'd be really funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I, we, did a, uh, we did a murder mystery party very similar um, with our old friends. I'm not even going to say their names because, you know what? I don't remember their names. But it was like a, um, a whole bunch of people were invited. And when you walked into the door, they gave you a card. That said, who your name, your name, who you were, and essentially your connections with two other characters, and then like a couple of clues, and then the person running the show was also all a character. They would read kind of a script, and mm-hmm. then everybody had a chance to chime in with their clues. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like you were um, like directing a play with everyone involved, mm-hmm. but there were acts to it. So after the first act. Everyone listen to it and talk and kind of joke. Mm-hmm. And then um, you go and you'd have like appetizers or drinks. And then you come back and have act two and you hand out new clues. Oh, I hope and that then, happens and, and, then, and then you'd read through it again and everyone kind of read through the play. And then you'd have dinner and you'd come back and there was like one more thing. Apparently, it was like in the 80s or the 70s, like they sold these boxes of games like that. And um, uh, um, that wasn't Thea. I forget her name. She had a whole bunch of them that her parents had. They, they used to throw these parties when they were little kids and they would like make them leave the house like with their grandparents. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, and they would have these big murder mystery parties. And I was like, I would love to do this again. So I'm hoping this is what it's like. Well, I can tell you right now. Because he, he's a big Dungeons and Dragons guy. So I'm sure he's going to, and he's an actor. So well, he's going to be really into Well, it. I can tell you right now the one big interaction I had and then we probably should start talking show stuff unless, yeah. people, are, unless people are enjoying this, in which case I like talking 80s nonsense. Yeah. But uh, so at KielbasaCon, I did have an interaction with one person. Kilbasa kind of the board game convention that a friend of ours throws up here. Invites a bunch of people. And more like a, uh, it's more of like a family barbecue 
board, like all but lots of board games, like all day board game party. But um, I had my first interaction with one of the people at the party where they walked up to me because like their card told them that they oh, had information really? for me. Yeah, and they walked up to me and was like, they went in the character, and apparently they have a massive rivalry and they just don't like me. And I was like, all right, you got a problem with me? Tough tomatoes. I'll show you at the party. I'm better than you. I'm better than all of you. Oh, you that. don't own me. I can buy and sell you. Like, I was talking real grimy. Like, I can buy and sell you. Don't talk to me like you're better than me. My dad will throw you under the bus so fast. Like, it was so funny. And uh, But after I said that, I was like, okay, I hope you enjoy your board game. <laughs> like, I completely shipped That's it That's so funny. I love that. I, I, I can't. I'm really looking forward. I'm just looking forward to getting out. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going to work. And that's that's how you know you've that's, been cooped that's up. That's how you know when you're a dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of looking forward to going. Back. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I forgot to mention the one, mo- the biggest ridiculous thing that happened during this period of time where we were off the show. Yes. So you already know about this, but the oh. listeners don't. Darn so, it! I was hoping for new information. Nah. Um. So, um, for people who don't know, chances are everybody in the in the chat group knows my mom's been dealing with some serious medical issues, and I've been kind of helping out as a caretaker for that. Um, which is a large part of my availability issues. Um, there was a period on one of these outings where I had to take her in for treatment early in the morning where some complications occurred and some events happened, and the end result was I spent 17 hours in the emergency room just oh, yeah. sitting around in the emergency room area and going up and down the hospital for testing and stuff like that. And when I tell you that this experience was like an absolute test of fortitude, I mean it. This, it was insane. Like, if it was just me by myself, it would have been like, eh, I got to switch. I'll kill some time. And if I have to leave, I'll let the nurse or somebody know and come back. But my mom was there. and My mom couldn't go anywhere. She was the one that needed to be there. So I had to deal with my temperament, her temperament, the insane environment of the emergency room. And there was was a lady to the right of me. Were you at Wilmington? No, Christiana. Christiana. There was a woman to the right of me that was saying like some subtle, like racist, but not racist stuff. Because you know know the type where it's like, they're not a bad person. They're actually being genuinely nice, but but they have racial undertones to them. Exactly. Like they're, they're, they're so, they're so blissfully ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That was her. Yeah. And I'm like, don't rock the boat. Don't you're rock like, the oh, boat. You're really like, oh, you're really sweet, but man, you just got to think a little bit harder about those thoughts that you have. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, there's been, there was a lot of that going on. Yeah. And uh, I almost got almost got picked up by the cops at one point because I had to go to the, I went to the counter. And yeah. my mom kind of started losing her mess. And I was like, I started losing my mess. I'm like, I'm about to go to jail, I guess. Let's go take care of some business. <laughs> no. And I walked up to the counter. To the nurse like, look here, lady. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I've been here for about 15 hours now. I am losing it. My mom is losing it. Everyone in that room is making me lose it because they've already lost it. You need to give me something. Give me something. Like, and the cop looked over at me. I was like, I know you see me. I don't care. (laughs) Someone's got to talk to me. Give me something to work with, whatever it is. Just give me something to take back in that room because... It was it was rough, and it got to the point where uh, at one point I thought we were going to be there all night. Yeah, and I had to leave. I had to leave to go get like sleeping supplies and just like goods from the house, and I had nobody to do it because everybody was out of town and stuff. So I was like, okay, I have to go. I can get to and from the hospital as quickly as possible. I'll pick up some pillows, some supplies, and bring them back. Uh, when I tell you that I dominated the interstate. <laughs> I mean it. I got from Newark to home and back 
in 30 minutes. That's scary, actually. Yes. Well, it was it was probably like like two or three in the morning. No, at this point it was like between like nine and ten. Oh, this rush hour. <laughs> so I I decimated that interstate, uh, and my mom. I got back. Mom was like, "How are you already back?" I was like, "Don't ask questions. Here's your pillow. You can always give us a call. You know, we are so we're close by. If you ever need anything, I appreciate it. I try not to bug people." Um, usually, but I mean, a- like that's an extreme situation. You can always call it some extreme situations. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. Because, I mean, recently we've had a similar issue in the ER, and we were there for hours, and then they decided to keep her. And so we were like, just sitting there, like, what do we do? And so we had our phones, and we're like, let's words with friends. Yep. Is there Catan? How can we play Catan with each other? Imagine an age where the emergency room was a thing, and you didn't have entertainment like that. Like when before cell phones. Oh yeah, and like. I mean, the Game Boy at best, yeah, maybe. Because if they give you a room, they have like little TVs in them. But in that emergency area, they don't. I was I asked where you were because the Wilmington uh-huh. is terrible. So basically, oh, there's no there's no safe haven. Wilmington is like, it's not great. It's oh. not great at all. Yeah, oh. it's it's only great because it's it's so close. So if you have to get somewhere fast, you can go there. But go to Christiana. <laughs> And that makes me real sad to hear because my I was thinking the exact opposite. I was like, going forward, I'm going to Wilmington. Oh man! And oh, don't don't even get me started on don't even get started on the um on the food court. Anyway, this is this is Delaware Hospital talk with Robin Purnell. Um, all right, so let's let's listen to some tunes. We got a whole bunch of great submissions. Um, I have a fun the topic. The topic. I also have a fun game for Purnell and for the listeners. Uh-oh. I would love for people to chime in. Um, some of it's just fun. Some of it is kind of 80s related because it's just kind of like fun old game stuff. Um, but our topic, I did tell most people that the topic was kind of a wild card situation um, because once when me and Pernell talk, I don't listen. <laughs> I'll just, I'm saying it right now. I don't listen that well, Pernell. Very, very bad man, Mr. Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our topic, uh, Pernell, your mouth is full. What is the topic? Okay, so the topic is things we miss, be like primarily video games um, or like media, but pretty much game franchises that we miss. Um, it could be a game franchise that you're familiar with from back in the day. It could be one you played a year ago, but you're like, I want more of that. But ultimately, just things, games you miss. Yeah, I, I like that. I feel, um, I feel like I'm missing a lot of games right now. I started Sea of Stars. Oh, you joined up. That means you and Chris would have a lot to talk about. Because I mean, Chris I started Chris, Sea of Stars. Which is more than I've done. I purchased it. I know. I started the game. And I was like, oh, you know, I can probably get a couple hours in before like, yeah, I got to crash. Like, that is probably two hours more than Purnell's played and will play for a while. I mean, it's <laughs> going to it's gonna happen. I'm going to start it up this month. I'm going to at least experience the beginning parts of it. I know I will. It's, I mean... It, it's doing that thing where it's kind of like setting up the characters kind of in a slow-paced way. Um, it's almost a little too slow, but then it picks up really nicely and it ties these characters together. And it it's really, it's 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 just really nice. It's I love the writing in this so far. And it, of course, it, it looks super nostalgic. It provides, it provides you with story. It's, uh, so, it, it's really nice. And the music's really, really pretty, so... Um, you'll, you'll you'll crush this game in a week if you just sit down and play it. You'll finish it I mean, so fast; it's I mean, not long. I can't imagine. I mean, Chris just said he's fourteen hours in, yeah. so I'm not getting fourteen hours of one game in in a no, week. No, no, that's true. I get, unless I'm review light or something. But it's um, yeah, it's only I heard from what I've read. It's like about a thirty hour experience if you're not going for all the stuff. And I'm like, that's perfect. Like that, that's a good like solid year of video gaming for me. <laughs> 14 um, hours that's a year baby yeah I can stretch that out that's a paddling I was gonna play last night but I, I crashed at like 8.30 I just couldn't stay awake um, 
is the season. Yeah, to and then wax sleep. And we were go- we were and there's some shows we want to watch too. Because um, now I have now I have Matt's uh, Plex server, Matflix. <laughs> oh, you, you know what you can start watching? Because I started watching it off of there. Um, then again, it depends on how you feel about it. It could go either way for What's a that? person. Zom 100. Zom 100. So, oh, wait. That sounds familiar. Zombie. Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead. It's an anime that I actually started watching, which is surprising because I suck at keeping up with recent mm-hmm. anime shows. Yeah. But uh, I like the premise a lot, even for a, like a zombie show, where the premise is a guy goes to college. He graduates from college and he gets a job, which is not quite a, he believes it to be like a dream job if he's working in a production company. And it ends up being a horrible company that exploits him and pretty much just drags mm. him through the mud. And he works there for like three years and he becomes like a, like, just like dead to the world. And then one day, zombie apocalypse happens. Okay. And he is excited about it. <laughs> he is extremely happy that this happened because it means he no longer has to go to his job. Oh my God, this is too real. <laughs> and then. His, and then it becomes a matter of him deciding that he doesn't know how long he's got before he becomes an actual zombie at some point. So he decides to come up with a list of things he wants to do before that happens. So the show is, at least initially, is about him trying to fulfill his bucket list before he becomes a zombie or he gets killed. Oh, okay. That, I like that. And it's pretty good. I've enjoyed it. I've been enjoying yeah. it a lot. You know, we've been watching, we've been trying to watch, I've been trying to watch stuff I, I, I want to, like um, I caught up on what we do in the shadows um i want to i think the end of after party is on apple right now after party is fantastic um yeah, you gotta party. figure out some way to get get this it's a murder mystery the first season is a murder mystery at the after party of a um of a high school reunion um and then someone gets killed there and so the um tiffany haddish she's the detective she comes in and in every episode she's interviewing the next person uh-huh. and they're telling their story their perspective of the same party that everyone does, uh-huh. but everyone's perspective is of a different movie style. Oh, that sounds so like one's like a rom com, one's like the Fast and the Furious, and like one's like a hard boiled detective story <laughs> for a party. So. For at, at a party, yeah, everyone and everyone's telling the exact same story, but from a different perspective. The room reeked of half baked Cheetos, and, and by the end of it, sun dried like, tomatoes. You're actually getting like little clues from each episode, and you can put them together. And so this newest one is like they're at a um, uh, at a wedding, and the groom is killed. And so everyone's trying to piece together what happened at the wedding and at the after party of the wedding. It's really funny. It's so funny. So now um, I have two things named after party I need to check out. Oh. <laughs> There's also a video game I own, but never oh. started called After Party. I think I know that one. What is it? Uh, um, is that the one where there's two people, they're in hell, and they... Yep. Is that the one? It's the one where they get sent to hell, and they learn that there's a potential loophole to get out of hell, and that's by out drinking Satan. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That looked pretty cool. I almost downloaded that one. Yeah, uh, like I like the. Long, print. Long it's long by ago. the same guys who did Oxen Free, so I'm uh, like, well, there I am. So I, I want to finish that. Um, I just started watching Only Murders in the Building, um, which has Martin Short and Steve Martin, um, and a lot of Martin and uh, Selena Gomez, um, Selena Martin. But instead, we're watching stuff that like we don't care about. So like we watched all of the first Shazam movie again, the second movie, which was a sl- like it was awful. This morning, Ollie woke us up at five thirty this morning, and I was like, Shazam two. <laughs> I, like, I don't care. It was not good. Also, here's one that I think is worth bringing up, and then we can start the show. Yeah, let's start the show. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. It's also your first pick, too. So, Oh, I, I should be good for that. So you did say you watched One Piece. 
and I find it interesting. Oh my god, that be- was that was a rough ending. Which oh is amazing because like you're like the first person I know that watched it and was like, this is just not cut. Now keep in mind, I say that oh. not having an impression of my okay. own. First of all, it was really goofy in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Some of the actors in that were just bad. Real bad. The actors were bad. People were claiming they're like a really good team for the Straw Hat characters. Okay, the main guy, Luffy. Yeah, I loved him. Um, uh, what was her name? Nami is the Nami is the navigator. Probably the best actor in the show. Okay. Um, uh, I remember you said Zoro was like dry. Not he was beyond dry. He was like he was like bored, (laughs) and I think he was going for like serious and stoic, but he was just like not there. He was it was terrible. It was like it was like it was shorthand for like I'm super serious, but and instead he was sad. like he was like staring like at the camera like. Ooh. And it makes you sad too because at least <laughs> in the pre-time skip, Zoro was he was serious, but he also definitely had like lighthearted moments. Yeah. He laughed and joked with everybody. And the too. other guy, um, the other Sanji. Sanji. There's two other guys. There's Sanji, who was the chef. Oh, he was great. Sanji. Oh, Sanji was also probably the next best actor in that show. He was fantastic. And then there was the other kid, Usopp, with the big nose. Oh. Terrible. Ooh, they probably didn't give him a big nose. Awful. I think they, 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 there might have been a prosthetic involved, or they or they hired that actor because he looked kind of like him. Mm-hmm. Um, terrible. Awful. Couldn't stand him. Didn't like Usopp. No, the the actor. The actor. Or or maybe it was just the way they wrote him. It was it was really hard. And then like the ending of the series, the way they ended it, I was like, this was is the most this is the dumbest anime crap I've ever heard in my life. Was no, like, no, I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. Okay, yeah, don't spoil it for the listeners. <laughs> spoil it for the listeners. I mean, also, I've never seen an anime. See, for the anime, I, honestly, this is of all <laughs> of what I know about One Piece. Uh-huh. Is this show? Yeah, the whole of One Piece. So all of my knowledge of of the anime is the live action show. So that tells you like the breadth of your knowledge of this universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A grain of salt, but. I mean, if you're watching it on its own as it is, and you're like, okay, it's supposed to be goofy, like they do some, they do some pretty, pretty, you know, ridiculous things. Not just ridiculous things, just like, um, like unforgivable, like film sins. Like you just, you just don't do that. Like you don't, you, you don't speed things along this way. You don't write them this way. You, oh yeah, they cut a lot of stuff out. They cut a lot of stuff out while also making some parts really slow. Like oh Jesus, yeah, exactly. Okay, I'll stop complaining. Now, <laughs> what is our first track? Okay, let's see what's going on on this side. So, I know one track that I already picked, so I'm going to go with that right off the cuff. Yeah. Um, that came from, I, I want to say it was our first time submitting a track for the show, actually, but I might be wrong. This came from Brooke. Um, um, she goes by hilariously enough. Purnell fan oh, 420. I included that because she put that at the end of her email. She literally, she does that on, that's her handle on Twitch. Is it Prinell fan 420? Yeah. <laughs> I I am in hysterics every time I hear that. I'm like, you're joking. People are like, no, she's pretty serious. Good person. Good heart. Um, yeah. But this track put me on to the desire to look into this game because this is a banger. Um, this track is called Zeno Arcadia, and it comes from the game Hylix 2, composed by Chuck Salamone. Thank you. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Zeno Arcadia from the game Hylix 2 on Steam slash PC, um, composed by Chuck Salamone and was submitted by Brooke, a.k.a. Purnell Fan 420 It sounds weirder when I say it myself. <laughs> um, but uh, so she told me that she actually heard this for the first time at a VGM cover show. So a band was covering the soundtrack for this game, and that put her onto the interest of the OST itself. And I love that she said that to me because it vindicates my feelings of VGM cover bands and how I believe it would be awesome to work as. Like a lot of VGM cover bands, to my knowledge from talking with them, they tend to pick tracks they think will be popular in the scope of what gamers play. Right. Right. As in, like, for back in the day when Storm Eagle from Mega Man X was one of the most popular ones and, like, certain Mario trash, right? Because they want that song to be recognized and the crowd to go, oh, I know that. Let me bop to this. But to me, the true hit, the true testament is when you cover tracks from games that nobody talks about. <laughs> yeah. So that it ends up with the person wrapping up and going, I don't know what you just played, man, but you need to tell me what it is because <laughs> I want to go look it up and I know, find out more about it's it. It's not great publicity for the band where it's like hey what do you guys do we play video game covers oh man I can't wait to go see you and they go see and they're like are they going to play Mario Kart are they going to play like something from Halo and, and they're like no we're playing some music from um, I don't know Choo Choo Rocket and they're like what Choo Choo I, I, think, I think I remember that but I don't know the tune but then that track starts running yeah but then it could yeah could be, I mean, and I was—I've been listening to this OST the entire thing. Oh, I gotta for say, days now. I love Steel Samurai because I like the obscure stuff too. But like, they rock the house. Yes, they do. They some, put me on a, like three or four games. Yeah. Like that's how I learned about Gimmick was because of them. Gimmick is such a good game. I love Gimmick, and it's such a good soundtrack. I think we actually have a Gimmick. Um, we submission. do. Yeah. We do, and I hope you pick it. Oh, uh, that's a cover. That's a cover. Okay. I'll, 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 oh, yeah. It's by. Yeah, we'll play that later. Definitely. <laughs> oh, for show. Sure, for show. Sure. <laughs> um, our next track is coming from uh, last minute suggestion from Kristen Game Fan Forty Four. I, I gotta pick this one. It's from Ham Taro. Ham, <laughs> Ham Taro. Oh, Ham, that takes me back. Ham Ham Heartbreak for the Game Boy Advance. I have on um, these little Ham Taro like plushies that I got like way back like in two thousand something, like two thousand one, two thousand two. I used to keep them in my car, and I found them again when I was cleaning out the basement. And so now I have them at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're sitting on my little window. I work in the stuffiest like hedge fund financey type building and like i have like little i have my i have my little ham hams i have my little ham ham there and back behind me on my shelf is a is a gundam wing mm-hmm. i'm gonna assume that she had no idea she was submitting something that resonated with you in such a way when she sent that no in. i love i something about ham taro i love ham taro so i didn't get the good composer for this one this is for the game boy advance this is ham swap from ham taro ham ham heartbreak That's that's the best part right there. That's pretty funny. The point. Um, yeah, we're listening to Ham Ham Swap from Ham Ham Heartbreak, the Ham Taro game for the Game Boy Advance. There's a lot of Ham Taro games. 
Um, let's see here. We have uh, Kristen. She would like to say, I would like to suggest Ham Swap for Ham Taro. Ham Ham Heartbreak on the GBA. I love this game and the one for the Game Boy Color. Ham Taro. Ham Hams Unite. I highly recommend them if anyone likes cute adventure games. Apparently there was a third one made, but it never came out to the States. I feel like Ham Taro should have been more popular here than it was. I'm actually surprised it wasn't yeah, popular. Yeah. I mean, it had it hit all the notes. You know, cute, adorable critters. Yeah. Um, running around a big environment, interacting with the humans. Like, there's now a show that I was well, right before we went to uh, Myrtle Beach. I stopped by a friend's house where we were all going to meet to leave, and he had two, um, you know, twin girls who were watching, you know, whatever kids watch these days on TV. And this one show that was on, it was a, I want to say it was a Korean show, Korean animation show about these little like sprightly little chibi things and uh, a girl who's practically Sailor Moon who would <laughs> kind of fuse with these little chibi things to become yeah. her superhero form. Yeah. And I'm watching this and thinking like, this is, there's a lot of Ham Taro-esque vibes here because they all ran around the house. They all had their individual ticks. Like one that always and everything with chew. The other way, and things was like, how, how? And it's like, just weird sounds. And they all had one. And the plots were so stupid. <laughs> but at the same time, the girls were really engaged. And by the end, I was like, I want to watch the end of this episode. I want to see what's going to happen. How do they figure out who's cloud, who the doppelganger is? It was dumb. It was uh, really dumb. And I'm like, so maybe Damn. there was like a Hamtaro influence, you know? But, I think it's just a thing for. I think it probably came out like too close to. Like Pokemon and all that stuff being way too pop, like really popular. So it kind of fell behind the scenes of like, oh, cute Japanese thing. We already have a cute Japanese thing. Too bad. Oh, speaking of which, one thing I thought was funny, it, it was a track that I had picked that our game I was going to pick for this episode, but I chose not to because I couldn't think of a track for it that I hadn't played on the show before. But uh, Jump Ultimate Stars being a franchise that I miss. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But um, it got me thinking just how many of those shows are still around today. In some capacity, despite having that game and by that extension, like Hamtaro having come out so long ago, yeah. um, like One Piece is still around. One Piece was getting games on the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy uh, Advance. Uh, Naruto is still a thing. Naruto is still a thing, but now it's his son. They were getting games on the GameCube, uh, the Game Boy Advance, mm. and stuff like that. Bleach. That came back. <laughs> That's back. I, I, they had a, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was a formula, or maybe it was just so popular that, like, you know, like, like people are showing it to their kids. What's my kick in well, well, No, keep in, mind, I'm not, no, keep in mind, I'm not saying it got revived as, like, uh, people are watching the old episodes. Oh, still I'm gone. saying there are new episodes airing today Wow, for those franchises. So, over 20 years ago, God, we're ancient, like, 20 years ago... These shows are still running. Yeah, it is. I remember when you had you showed me um, Jump Ultimate Stars. It was on the uh, DS. Yes, and I was like, "Wow, this is a." It was like, I was like, "This plays like um, like Smash, like Smash Brothers, but with all these Shonen Jump characters that I don't know." And it was and st- still don't still don't. Oh, know. I know, I know Luffy now. Yeah, I think about it, I was like yeah. I feel like a lot of those characters at the time I didn't know either. Yeah. Some of them I learned about because of that game. Wow. Um, like Ice Shield 21. I learned about that from that okay. game. And now that's like one of the only sports shows that I actually love. Um, I To this day, I was listening to the OST from that the yeah. other day driving down the highway. You know, I, I the only one I got into, if, if you want to call it a sports one, was uh, Initial D. But that was probably mostly just the music. I think that counts as a sport. I, I mean, it's essentially the same thing where it's like it's the same idea of 
Is he gonna do the thing? Oh, he looks. He's he's never done the thing before. Like two episodes later, he did the thing. But they also had a way. All those shows did. They had a way of animating otherwise mundane actions <laughs> yeah. in such amazing ways. Like yeah. Ice was notorious for it. It was like, okay, this guy has the devil bat dive, and they had animations for it. They had sound effects for it. But all he was doing was jumping over the front line, the front defensive line. That was his entire shtick. But it had an actual name and animations. The one guy had something called the spear tackle, which I honestly think is probably illegal in actual football, where. He just grabs the guy and just like slams him on the ground. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can't grab people. But they would animate yeah. it like he was extending a lance <laughs> and like thrusting it into the guy with the football. Like it was just these crazy things they would do. The rodeo drive, which was just like a really fast running back. That's fine. It's like it's amazing to watch, and it made it so entertaining. I was like, I'd like this. It was like, NFL, like NFL Blitz. Like I didn't like football so much, but NFL Blitz was fun. Or like NBA Jam. Those like style. It was like they they kind of condensed it into something over the top that I can you know you can get behind. Oh, this is actually exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, like the actual sports on, and it's like unless you really know what's going on, it's like nah, yeah, I'm super into it. And I kid you not, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I went to uh, like I went and watched the Super Bowl mm. with friends after doing a thing with iShield Twenty One. And I was trying to like get as hyped as all my friends were, and I'm like, "This is no Eye Shield 21. This is <laughs> I don't even know what's happening right now. Like I have a general idea from the concept of the sport, yeah. But I'm like, I I don't know who these people are. I don't care about that guy. He's just a blip on the on the map. For when me. this stuff comes up, or like if there's any question about like terminology or how the game is played, like Christy relies on my knowledge. My knowledge all comes from Tech Mobile. <laughs> And growing up with my brother. Well, Bo knows. Yeah. Like That's I, all you need to know. The only way I know about these games is because of uh, the family that I grew up in and because of Nintendo. Like, that's it. <laughs> I guess Sega, because we played a lot of um, NHL hockey games. Bo Sega. knows hockey. I didn't like the basketball games on it. Bo did not know basketball. Did Bo know hockey? I thought Bo, I'm pretty sure he, Bo. So remember that was the cartoon called Pro Stars, right? Yeah, Bo, Bo, no, but it's not Boz. That wasn't Boz. No, that wasn't Boz. It was Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. And yeah. Bo Jack and Bo Jackson knew, quote unquote, knew. He knew well, he, he was he knew. I want to say he knew baseball. It, it, he knew football. Because yeah, he crossed and over. He knew hockey. Because yeah, I knew he I knew he played baseball and and football because he did because he played both professionally mm-hmm. at the same time. He's one of the few people who did that. Um, and that's why it was like, babe, oh no, baseball. And that's what I just thought it was amazing. That's how they did it for the show. To like, he was the most multifaceted pro star. Yeah. So for those who don't know, pro star was a '90s cartoon that featured like I want to say it was like Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, and one other athlete. Oh. and they were just like superhero sports Gretzky's guys. I'm almost positive it was Wayne Gretzky. You have to look it up later. He's got maybe. the best. He's got the best um, nickname, like sports nickname ever. Just he's just the great one, <laughs> the great. He is just the great, the great ski. All right, um, all right. So we got one more track from you, right? Yes, we do. Well, I got a few more, but what's your next one? So let's see here. If I'm going down the Skilly McGilly, um, <laughs> a track that I actually was interested, I'm happy to see come through. Also, because I also like this track and I've listened to it on my own time. Um, came from Curly Kevin. Um, this is from the Mega Man Extreme OST from the Game Boy Color, and this is the Flame Stag theme. Um, he didn't put a composer, but I'm going to assume it was probably the same as some of these other ones from Mega Man X Games, which was Gregorio Franco, but we can confirm that later. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll confirm it on the website, because you know what? We're going to listen to some music now.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Flamestag theme from the game Mega Man Extreme on the Game Boy Color, submitted by listener and friend Curly Kevin. So, for those who don't know, the Mega Man Extreme games are similar to the Mega Man slash Rockman World games that were also released on the Game Boy, um. where they kind of took characters from two different Mega Man games and combined them together to make a sort of hodgepodge Mega Man title. So you gotta have a mix of the stages and bosses and the like. Um, and I like this track for a number of reasons, but I'm not gonna reveal those just yet because for all I know, Curly Kevin might do that. So let's see what he has to say about this selection he submitted to us. He goes, I am behind on the show a little. Totally understandable. We've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> so are we. Oh, yes. <laughs> so are we. Yeah. Finding out about submissions and the topic on Discord, I can think of one franchise that at least did not finish its story and probably should have at the fifth game, which I believe is actually true. They were like, they just wanted more money. Um, I am talking about Mega Man X. I miss this story as I like the characters, the gameplay, who of which I played Zero a lot, and they could make an interesting game and story for Mega Man X9 using what happened in Mega Man X8. Capcom could tie up the loose ends with Zero's creator as well as X's creator. I have thought of the story plot for about 10 years now and how to wrap it up in a nice bow so that they can move on to things that happened before Mega Man Zero. Here I present two options to you. I have never played the Mega Man Extreme games on the Game Boy Color. I bring Mega Man, um, Mega Man Extreme's Flamestag theme. It's very different from the SNES version. I can dance to it while the version for the SNES is more of a thrash or trash metal. I never thought of it that way. I meant to say thrash, but yeah, it is. No, honestly, it might have been like trash. Well, this, yeah, there's something about using um, the, uh, the the PSG, like that kind of chip chip y sound, makes it more dancey sounding. Also, I'll ignore the Gregorio Franco from the Flamestag thing I mentioned earlier, even though I did say it was kind of a potential one, because the other tracks he submitted, that was the guy that covered those tracks for like a Mega Man X Works yes. album. Yes. But I'll, like I said, we'll add it to the actual show notes as to who the actual composer is. So, the, like I said, the Mega Man Extreme games, for some reason I didn't get into buying those myself. I liked the Rockman World games because I liked how they animated the character and how he still kind of looked like Mega Man and everything still looked like they did on the NES, but a little, little larger and black and white. Mm. Whereas the Super Nintendo, that was a little bit harder for them to say, okay, let's put this on the Game Boy Color. It didn't, oh, yeah. like, Mega Man X looks like squanchy in that game. Oh, yeah, you'd have to be because the resolution's so much smaller. Yeah. yeah. And something about it, I just couldn't bring myself to be like, I'm going to go play this version of it now. I didn't know it existed. The game, a lot of the Game Boy Color games uh, at that time, I just fell off my radar. I just wasn't buying them anymore. Yeah. Oh, I was all about the Game Boy <laughs> yeah. Color, boy. I I was always about portable handhelds in general. Oh, absolutely. And to this day, as you can clearly see. Well, when the GPC, the GPC, as the people say, <laughs> um, came out, I ended up getting a Neo Geo Pocket Color. And I played a lot of that. That system was ahead of its time too. Yeah. It just it released in the states too late to pick up steam because the color was on its way. Yeah, yeah, essentially. If it's Nintendo branded something, it was just going to blow out, blow out of the water anything that was in front of it. Um, which you know, good or bad, because there was some good stuff, mm-hmm. good stuff on the on the Game Boy Color. It's just I never my I've never upgraded my Game Boy from the big gray box. <laughs> That's just I, I played all of um, uh, Pokemon Red on that thing. That sweet spinach green. Yeah, it was it was a big box, all green. I played a lot of games on that thing. Uh, it was a good time. I wish I never got rid of it. I can 
pass it down to Ollie. Make him make him play. I mean, you could always find one in the well, retro give me that market iPad. for peanuts. Take this thing. <laughs> I mean, you could find one for peanuts on that re- on the retro market. I don't think the Game Boy original maintained a large value or anything. Probably not. I mean, those things last forever too. Unless, I unless you still have mine. I'm sure you do. You kept everything. Yeah, I did. Almost everything. It's a problem now. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get into a bit of a quiz game. How do you feel about that, Bruno? I don't know. What's the quiz? I might be afraid or I might be excited. Okay, so we're going to be going into a bit of your game knowledge. Dun, dun, okay. Dun. But also... Keep in mind, I'm old now. <laughs> oh god, that's 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 what you wanted. You want excuse to bring this? Joke yeah, back. I'm, not, I'm not gonna play the music, but there is the dog, the, the UFO dog from Silent Hill. Oh boy, it was uh, him all along. It was him all along, everybody. That little animal Muppet. So, um, uh, programmers like to put in Easter eggs in video games, mm-hmm. and some of them are so bizarre that you can't believe that they actually exist. So is this more like a true or false? Like, did it happen or did, did it not? Is it real or is it something that I made up? Okay. So it has to be like, can you believe that it's actually in the game? Or do you think it's silly enough that I wrote it? Okay, I like this one then because I don't have to feel like I have to know no. specific trade, but I can I can infer my, knowledge. My track record's always 0 for 0. Maybe, I, maybe I'll sneak one past you. But you're usually pretty good at these things because mm-hmm. I think you know my sense of humor. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so listeners at home, we're going to be playing. Is this... Is this this is the most I've talked in over a week. We're Those lingering play. COVIDings. We're going to play. Um, this is a real Easter egg. Uh, all right. First one. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. By putting the disc in your CD player, it would skip to a second hidden track with a message from Alucard. He tells you that it's a black PlayStation game and you shouldn't put it in your stereo. And That's then it true. plays a remix song, right? That's true. That's absolutely true. Um, I, remember, I did that. I, I was looking up Easter eggs. I had forgotten about that. And he's like, hello, players. You probably think this is a real CD, but this is a black PlayStation disc, and you shouldn't put it in your disc player. <laughs> but you probably have done so anyway. And then it plays like a remix of one of the songs. Working Designs was also notorious for doing something like that for a lot of their games, where oh, really? it was like, they would say, like, oh, this game is really, this, this, is a, this disc is a game for the Sega CD system or whatever. Yeah, you know, you do not put it into your stereo or, or <laughs> kiss your biddies goodbye. And like this massive explosion happens. It's been a while, man. I love that they did stuff like that. Um, next one. Wave Race, Blue Storm. Putting in a cheat code during the main menu will change the announcer of the game with an ultra sarcastic announcer that berates you the entire game. I have that game and I don't recall that. And if it's true, I'm going to do it when I get home. So I'm going with false. Oh, but Purnell, it is true. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you put in at the main menu with some weird-ass code, it was actually discovered like five years ago. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah. Like that recent? Yeah, it was pretty recent. And it does stuff like, you're terrible. Why would you do this? <laughs> I kind of want to do that. I still have that game. You should check it out. It's pretty funny. Um, all right, next one. Battle Arena to Shinden. As an advertisement for the movie Mars Attacks, which also came out the same year, there's a Martian alien character hidden in the home version of the game. This is this is a devious one, mm. specifically because all the games you've named are games I own. <laughs> Which means if I never did it, that means that's an Easter egg still waiting for me to find. <laughs> so I'm going with false. Oh, and you would be correct. That is fake. There we go. <laughs> like there's no way we missed the Mars Attacks reference in Battle Ring. My friends were obsessed with that game when it came out. <laughs> 
Mars. Also, that was a lot of reference. That's a lot of research you put in. Like, it came out the same year as Mars Attacks, and they had a tie-in. But the other reason why that would be a harder one to take in is that Battle Arena Toshinden was an extremely Japanese game. And I don't think Mars Attacks was a very big franchise there. No, but it was a thing. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was enough to be a feature movie. And I remember, I remember going to see it and being like, what the hell is this about? Oh, no, in the States, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but like, yeah. A Japanese title, definitely not. Um, Civilization V. At the, this is the newest one. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the third age, the player may obtain a new great person character. This is like, they give you like player characters. And me and Chrissy played this recently. Um, if the player selects Albert Einstein, it also ends the third age having destroyed at least 15 opposing cities and enters a special code in the menu after saving. There are special cutscenes where Einstein says, I invented that after creating any other unit. That's a very elaborate one. That has to be true. I made that one up. Wow, that was good, man. I was sitting on the couch last night, and Christy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if every time you did something in Civ, Albert Einstein was like, I invented that. <laughs> I invented that. I invented that. <laughs> I invented that. <laughs> Maybe they could hear this episode and actually put it into the game proper. I should tell, I should tell Matt. <laughs> Matt, go ask him to put it in the game. All right, Dead Rising 2. There's a reference to Resident Evil's famous line, you are almost a Jill sandwich. Definitely true. I've seen that. In the food court. Yeah, with, with the store Jill's Sandwiches. I've absolutely seen that. And there's, there's a picture of Jill's Sandwiches right there. I loved, loved. I, I hated but, the whole... Like, that's, that, I mean, in that game, like they were going to put silly stuff in that game. The whole game is all silly stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Dead Rising 1 and 2. I still have... I've never played 3 and 4 despite owning them, but 1 and 2... Despite hating the whole real time, you got to do it in a certain yeah. amount of time. I played the crap I, out of those games. I've never played them, but I have watched the Game Grumps play through the second one more than once because it is so fun. I wager they made a had a ball with. They that. have no clue what they're doing half the time, and they're just like killing themselves. They kill all the player characters by accident. Wow, it's so funny. It's so funny. So yeah, I, I recommend that. My favorite weapon, by the way. Maybe in the second game, but it was boxing gloves with, like, knives on them. <laughs> it was the simplest concept for all the combined weapons you could get. And then, of course, the Mega Buster. The Mega Buster is always fun. All right. Um, Perfect Dark. Hidden in every stage is a piece of cheese. You can't grab it. You can't shoot it. It's just there. What? I own but barely touch Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. I want to say false. I, then again, then again, wait. Perfect <laughs> Dark had a lot of stupid stuff in it, though. Like, a lot I, I, I of never them. Played it, yeah. I'm going to go with true. It was absolutely true. Every stage has a hidden piece of cheese. It was meant to be an item to use in the game, and they forgot, they, they ran out of time, and they just left it in the game. <laughs> So they just never coded the ability to pick it up and use or it. Or do anything with it. It's just pieces of cheese all over the all over the game. <laughs> the mice are cuff. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I don't know. I, 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 like I, I missed two, and I'm actually very I'm, I'm upset about that. Ultimate World Combat 3. Each item in the operator menu spells out the word Monica. This is a reference to a special character, Monica Lewinsky, who is a color swap Absolutely of not Katana. true. This is, a, this is a joke reference of Bill Clinton's appearance in NBA Jam. If that were true, I would have actually <laughs> known about that because that would have been all over the place. Absolutely false. Oh, come on. You know dang well that is false. I just had fun with this. Oh, you did, and it was funny. But it's also <laughs> false. There's no damn way that's true. Yeah, that was fake. Katana's Monica Lewinsky. They've had some really... I mean, like if they're going to be like some... If that level of Easter egg was going to be in any game, it was going to be in Ultimate, like in any of the Mortal Kombat games. Pulls down. It's going to be in there. Actually, I even had an idea of how the jaw would actually work as a joke, too. Oh, yeah. 
We all do. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 um, just came out. When exiting the Owlbear Nest area, there's a tall pillar which leads to four large doors. Exiting to the main menu and then back to the game three times will result in the shortcut scene where it ends with Asteron saying, This certainly is a Baldur's Gate. Why would someone do that? It's a big game. But at the same time, big, why big would game. you reference Baldur's Gate 3 as a made-up Easter egg? Nah, it's gotta be. It's too soon, too. There's no way that's an Easter egg. Okay, to be fair, people find Easter eggs way faster now because they just, like, dump the game and then look through it. Oh, that's a good point. That's, change change, change that, your answer? That, no, it's gotta be. It's fake, it's fake. You're right, you're right. <laughs> Trying that, to that, get into my head. No, I know. I'm trying to, but like that's such like a like I think that would be so that funny. Certainly is a Baldur's wow, Gate. What a Baldur's Gate <laughs> we've got going on. <laughs> certainly <laughs> Baldur's Gate there, young man. Um, Star Wars Rebel Assault. Uh, pressing a secret code during a full uh, motion video cutscene would create a fake mystery science theater joke commentary w- along with cutouts of Joel and the bots from the show. I want that to be true. So I'm saying it because I want it to be true. You, you, true to will it into I, I, existence? I want to will it into existence. It, it, it's real. That is fantastic. Yeah, and it's not Joel in the bots. It's actually Darth Vader and C-3PO and R2-D2. <laughs> I, I owned this game and played it so much as a kid. It's all full motion video. So you actually did that it, trick and it, used it. No, it's barely a video game. I had no idea that was in there. And I'm really sad because when this came out, I was even more obsessed with Mystery Science Theater then than I am today. Huh. And like that's all I watched like now. I, I put it on before bed because it was still making new episodes. Um, so yeah, I was really sad to, to learn about that because I really would have loved to have seen that. But yeah, apparently they they do like silly um, riffs through the entire game. <laughs> yeah, they just they just put it on the disc, and that's it. There's Jill Sandwich. <laughs> you almost became a Jill Sandwich. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil. The first uh, the first game that got me into like hilarious like. What's basically now like Team Four Star type stuff, where uh, like people just dub over the game content or like mix up the audio from the game content. Thank you, Resident Evil, for putting me onto that concept. <laughs> are we still streaming? Oh, we are still streaming. Good. I, I just, hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm still in there. I'm seeing people. I was not looking at the right timer. Okay. Um, our next track is coming from Electric Boogaloo. This is from Ridge Racer 2 for the PSP. This is a remix of the song Heart of Hearts. Composed and arranged by Ayako Sasso. Tell them again, I said, I said, I said, with them, I come up, we say, with them, as if then. So you suck out of people, come and hear me again. I'm the style, this crowd, that people want to hear me a while. Let's go off your feet, time to win a smile. I hope some of you will see the real answer, chat, no, come on. Thank <laughs> you. 
And we're back. That was Heart of Hearts Remix from Ridge Racer 2 for the PSP by Ayako Sasso. Uh, EB says, I hope you all enjoyed this fabulous remix of a classic rave, rave racer track. When I first heard this track, I knew I had to immediately import a copy of Ridge Racer 2 for the PSP so I could race with it. Thankfully, the game itself did not disappoint. It's sort of a mega mix of Ridge Racer's past, combining tracks from all the consoles and arcade entries at that point. Some pretty great new songs, some classic old ones, and these these fantastic new arrangements by the original composers. Of course, once it started to show up on the PS4 for purchase, I bought it right away, and right now I'm going through the world tour to unlock all the cool stuff. I did see this. Um, I was looking at Ridge Racer games on the PS in the PlayStation Store, and this came up. A lot of the reviews said it was just a port of the PSP version. And mm-hmm. I'm like, gosh, I get it. But if you say it's, it's good. Um, so if you have a PSP laying around or a PS4 or a PS5 and you love good arcade racers, the 2006 Ridge Racer 2 is well worth getting. And maybe if enough people buy it, we could get a new one, I hope. And then you have a correction. I totally forgot that Ridge Racer 6 on the 360 predated Ridge Racer 2 on the PSP by about a year actually has all the tracks from the PlayStation Ridge Racers at that point, plus Rave Racer and a few original tracks. It's essentially an upgraded version of the first Ridge Racer PSP game that launched with the platform back in 04 and 05. Um, so yeah, that one's, this is a, this is a jam. Like, this is one of my favorite tracks. And also, he, put, he also put in some legwork for us, too, for that last track with the flame stag. Mm. Um, he came back and mentioned that it was actually composed by Yuki Iwai, arranged by Toshio Kajino and or Saori Maida. Huh. So definitely appreciate it there. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and we got to say, like, um, uh, uh, EB is always doing a little bit of work behind the scenes here at the Rhythm and Pixels headquarters. It's appreciated. Um, yeah, very much appreciated. Thank you very much. And he somehow is quick with links. Like, I tell you, I, yeah. people think we were joking. I'm like, I feel like he's like, he might actually not be a human. I think he's a computer. And he just, he has, he's a database. He just pulls information out as needed. It's like, I, here you go. I, I think he is VGM GPT. GPT. A VGMDB.net? No, he's VGM GPT. GPT. That's right. You were just, we're talking to AI here, man. And, oh, and <laughs> one last thing. Um, he mentions remembering Prince of Tennis being a cool thing, and that is 100% correct. Cool Prince of Tennis was awesome. Also, Prince of Tennis, even though not as a selectable character, it was represented in Jump Ultimate Stars, at least. Um, the main character was a support character where he would come in and like spike a ball at a person and like just pretty much knock him off the arena, and they had a Prince of Tennis stage, too. So definitely got his cool representation because it is a cool franchise. Do-do. God, no, music stuck in my head again. All right, um, yeah, this is this is really really. Good. Are you thinking about the Jump Ultimate Star stuff? Yeah, yeah. man, <laughs> that music in that game was pretty good. All right, what's your uh, next track there? All right, so let me see. I had it here, and I got got into the magic of the fun and the, and the gooberness here. So, my next track actually comes from. I'm actually debating: should it come from me? Or because I, I did want to bring a track, where I could also bring another track into too that I saw that I was mean, really I cool. I think we're gonna end up hitting everybody, so you, you can go ahead and okay and do it. In that case, then I'm actually gonna pick a track from a game that uh, I kind of miss, and it got it kind of got r- announced recently in a loose, weird way hmm. that made me just think about it more and kind of sad about it. Um, this comes from the game Rayman. Um, and the track title is called Mr. Dark's Dare, and I believe it was called, com- composed by Remy Gazelle. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back. You've listened to Mr. Dark's Dare from the game Rayman, which released on multiple systems, but it initially released on the Atari Jaguar, um, composed by Remy Gazelle, or Gazel. Um, and Rayman is a franchise that I have a, a huge soft spot for. It was the game, it was one of the two first two games I bought on the Sega Saturn when I acquired it. And at the time, I was actually kind of regretting buying the Sega Saturn. I thought I got the short end of the stick when my brother got the PlayStation before I did. Mm. And it didn't make sense at the time to have the same console twice in the same house. Yeah. So I bought the Saturn, being the only other 32-bit system on the market at the time that wasn't crap. Um, and it was a time that it was like, okay, what games do I want for this thing? Because nothing on the system really interests me right now. I was interested in like Devil Summoner, but it ended up not releasing in the States. So I'm like, okay, what else is here? There was like Bug. Those, mm-hmm. These are the first three games I ended up getting. On Bug, the Saturn. Yeah. On the Saturn. I got Bug, I got Guardian Heroes, and I got Rayman. Look, I mean, Guardian Heroes, that was that was launched. That was early though, right? No, I didn't get the system at launch. I got it well later. Okay, okay. Saturn was way over. Getting, getting Guardian Heroes early is pretty great. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, don't get me wrong. The Guardian Heroes was by far like the most popular game I had on that system across me and my friend circle. Um, but with that said, I bought Rayman initially just being like, I guess it's another game to buy. It's something to do or whatever. So I wasn't even enthusiastic about the game. It was just a pity purchase. And what ended up happening was completely unexpected. It was the equivalent of when I talk about review copy games I get that look stupid on paper. And then after actually playing it, I realized just how much of a masterpiece they actually are. Mm. Rayman fit that bill. I love Rayman. More so the first game than any other. Though I do like Origins and Legends. Rayman 1 is peak for me. It starts out real simple and small. He has The only thing he can do is jump. He can't even attack people. And as you play through the game, you get abilities from Bertilla the Fairy, which allows you to kind of expand your repertoire of moves. And you go to these different stages that are extremely vibrant and elaborate and colorful and challenging, too, with lots of cool secrets to find. And the music is... Mwah! I just... I cannot say enough it's how really, much I love the it's OST. A, it's really, really good. So, um, who came through? Uh, uh, Dustin... I forget their their handle on the thing. Uh, White Room. This is from the, the song White Room. What's White Room? Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, the tra- oh, that sound you were hearing? Yeah, yeah. It sounded so much like a song. I, I mean, you're, I'm listening also, but I'm also like, what is this from? Oh, it was in your head, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you also had Bug. Yeah, man. Bug was a game that I yeah, actually... It was Cream. Oh, okay, cool. I actually did like um, Bug, but it was, it was rough around the edges in some respects, but... I did like what it tried to do with 3D platforming before they actually got a full grasp on like 360 degree platforming. Fortunately, my pass through of applications doesn't work, so we're not going to listen to Cream right now. That's okay. It's very much keep like, the link up because I want to hear it. Try see if you can spawn that sound later. Yeah, here's um here's a I think this is a um I think I but oh but before I forget, so what ended up happening with Rayman? over the years is Rayman had Rayman 1, then they had Rayman 2 and 3, which is when they attempted to go to 3D platforming, ended up on like the Dreamcast. They were decent games, but to me, they paled to Rayman 1. Um, and then it just kind of fell off entirely for years, many years, <laughs> until Rayman Origins came out. It was like a revival of the franchise. 
Rayman Origins is to this day, and I'll I'll fight over this. It's one of the best platforming games ever made. Yeah, I, period. I, you've talked about this game, and I really should get my hands on it at some point. It's so cheap too. Yeah. But it's one. It's literally one of the best platforming games ever created. Rayman Legends was also great. They did a lot of stuff with it, and I adore it. But it didn't hit like Origins did, just because of what that game brought to the table. And then the game franchise fell off again for like a decade or more. And then Mario and Rabbit's Sparks of Hope came out last. Was it last year? I want to say, which is Ubisoft's like XCOM version of Mario. <laughs> Mario combined with the Rabbits, Rabbits being oh, that's the right. franchise that got started in like yeah. 2006. Turn-based, turn-based strategy, Mario with Rabbits. Yeah, and the Rabbits were brought out by Rayman in 2006 when the Wii came out. Oh, that's It was like this from. weird mini-game collaboration where it was like, Rayman is just your proxy to deal with Rabbits. So it wasn't really a Rayman game. Mm. Um, but the studio behind the original Rayman has a soft spot and want to bring him back. So they were like, we're going to release DLC for this game that features Rayman in it. And uh, people were excited. Does this mean Rayman is coming back? Is he coming back? And all the reviews I read for the DLC was just like, this doesn't even feel like it should have been. Rayman deserved better. But there's still this weird hope that maybe, maybe this will be like a spirit that says, we can make a new Rayman game now. We can do this. It could be fun. Yeah, if enough people buy a Ridge Racer 2 on the... Well, on the PlayStation, maybe they'll make another Ridge Racer game. It's hard. It's hard to say what these these companies are looking at. You know what they're looking for before they make these decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's usually money, but it could also be like you know what longevity of a series. Bedroth asked a question that maybe EB might know the answer to, but I honestly don't. He says, "Which Rayman game has the Tiger Run stage on it?" Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the, oh, 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 Eye of the Tiger is blocked by the heart icon on the corner. Oh, I see. I do know what that's. Rayman uh, Legends. So Rayman Legends, they have boss stages in the games that are auto run levels in tune to music, like covers of famous music tracks. And the Mariachi Madness stage, I believe, is Eye of the Tiger. So you're running in like this weird like food inspired hellscape fighting mariachi skeletons and uh dodging just weird mess and eye of the tigers playing to all your movements oh, it's that's amazing hilarious. yeah it's really cool my favorite level for that game that did that was like uh there's like a song called dragon slayer mm-hmm. and you're like running through like this like flaming pit with like dragons flying around you like running on their backs and jumping off the walls <laughs> it is so oh my god i want to play it right now it's such a good game And again, if anybody's interested in Rayman Origins or Legends, they can both be acquired for peanuts right now. Yeah, I mean, they're older games, right? And so you can just pick them up. Like, there's their classics. At this point, they're classics. Pernell, we're classics. We are classic. There goes my back. (laughs) All right, our next game is coming from a game I'm currently playing. Uh, This is from our listener, podcaster in arms, Bedroth. This is from Sea of Stars. This is the Hills of Determination Daytime. Composed by Eric W. Brown, a.k.a. Rainbow Dragon Eyes.
All right, we're back. We're listening to music from Sea of Stars by Rainbow Dragon Eyes, Eric W. Brown. Um, Bedroth says, hey, guys, I'm glad everyone is doing better. I hope I can make it to the show, but it would be fun to listen back even if I can't. And I see him on the uh, chat, so it's nice to have you here with us. Um, well, he's he, always awesome to have around. He would like to recommend uh, Hills of the Termination Day from the recently released Sea of Stars composed by Eric Brown, a.k.a. Rainbow Dragon Eyes. Um, he's been having a... a highly nostalgic time with this game the soundtrack is so good my friend brian and i are doing an episode of bgm mania about about it this month and it was uh, near impossible to narrow down the tracks this particular tune was one of the runners up and it might be familiar to folks who played the last game from sabotage which was the messenger mm-hmm. um, I, I had no idea because i only got through so far of that game i i couldn't get through it it was just honestly for me it was it was the dexterity the first, the, oh i thought you could say the second half but you no, i never got to that point it was some one of the bosses just i just couldn't get past it it was like a dragon thing in the sky and you had to do a lot of these double jump things yeah that part is rough that's right before the dumb the, the game shift game yeah. stiff. i mean i i took the time to finish celeste and that was a lot of tough jumping this was like it was so it was so much for my, my hand and my eyes is it possible because it, it was a combination of the platforming and combat Whereas yes. Oh yeah, no, no totally, combat. totally, yeah, yeah. If it was just platforming, it'd be another thing, but it was the combat too. Mm. So it just kind of just put me off on the rest of it. But it was beautiful music and a really beautiful game. So I don't think I put it together that these were the same. <laughs> this is the same studio, uh, or even the same artist. Like I had no idea until until uh, I read his testimonial. I will say that, that did you face the testimonial? Because I we, we got the, we did that thing we do. Yeah, it's all done. It's all done. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we came back and started recording, Pernell and I talked about kitchens. Oh, before we shift to that, also, I, I want to make a comment. No, no, too. you don't have to shift back to that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, so I want to say that for folks who might not know of him in that sense outside of this show, or you should because he has another show he works on that's freaking awesome. But uh, Bedroff is a legit dude. Um, so I've been dealing with some stuff personally where I'm trying to like you know, acquire more of that sweet, sweet green dinero, you know, that thing that runs a lot of lives. And uh, out of nowhere, without being prompted, he reached out and was like, hey, man, if you need something, I got this option here that you might want to look into. Like, basically, oh. he did that thing that I, 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 the world would be a much better place if more of us did that thing for each other, where it's like, hey, I can help. I have an idea. Yeah. I'm going to extend myself and offer it. Um and I couldn't utilize it because of what I'm trying to get engaged with, but I want to acknowledge that it was a greatly appreciated extension of, you know, offering an option when you obviously could have just been like, ah, I don't care. This is entertainment for me, you know, stuff like that. But you actually, you actually did the thing. You did the cool person thing, and it's appreciated. It's the friend thing. It's the well, it's the friend. A lot of friends don't do that though. I mean, I'm saying, but a good friend would. Good, po- good point. There so it is. it's and yeah, and for someone who's kind of an internet friend, we know tangentially through doing a podcast, and it's it's really nice. Yeah, he's legit. Yeah, Bedroth is legit, dude. It's um, yeah, it's someone who's living living uh, La Vida Loca. <laughs> I heard that recently. I've been listening to the '90s station on Sirius XM. Um, but no, no, he's he's like living by like a a good moral code, helping out people. You know, it's just it's refreshing. It very much absolutely so is. is refreshing. Um, yeah. Again, I work in finance, and those people don't care about other people. So it's refreshing to be around people who care about people. That's right. Like that in that Simpsons episode. Welcome back to the V. Don't you just love being a part of the VGN community where people care about each other? <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to Hollywood. 
right, um, we're going to turn this track down, and we're going to get in the part of the show we call the bonus round. The bonus round. Now, unfortunately, we have talked a little bit too long, um, and we're going to have to kind of... We want to play the music and read the testimonials, but we have a little bit... A little bit of time time crunch here. So, Pernell, what did we did? You pick a uh, oh, I absolutely did. Yeah, we got some really good picks. This whole like we we announced the show like three days ago, and we got so many great picks. So, what what do you have? So, my bonus round pick comes from Musashi two one nine, the wise guy himself, Chris Weisner, and this is the boss battle theme track from the game Lufia two, being covered by a favorite of mine as well, Toxic Eternity. Welcome back. You've listened to the boss battle cover of the film. The boss battle theme being covered from Lufia 2 by Toxic Eternity, submitted by Musashi 219, the wise guy, Chris, Chris Weisner himself. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris Weisner. Chris uh, Reisner. <laughs> so uh, 
it may be a secret because of the fact that it doesn't come up often enough, but I really, really love the boss theme from Lufia 2. Oh, it me, was the me thing, too. It missed the thing that made me want to play that game, and I did play a good chunk of it a few years ago. And so hearing a cover of it from one of my favorites is, there it is. But what did Chris Wisner have to say about this track? He goes, howdy, Rhythm and Pixels. I'm currently about halfway through Sea of Stars, which so far has been a very fulfilling, nostalgia-riddled experience with plenty of callbacks to classic JRPGs of yore. With its fair share of puzzles to solve and tools like a grappling hook that lets you both travel and stun enemies, I couldn't help but be reminded of the Lufia series, particularly Lufia 2 Rise of the Sinistrals, and the fact that there hasn't been a proper original installment in the series for decades. For shame! While he doesn't have a ton of composing credits to his name, Yasunori Shiono work on Lufia series is one of the many quests that make up the RPG VGM journey us elders grew up hearing. As a longtime fan of VGM Shredder Toxic Eternity's work, here's a ripping cover of Lufia 2's boss battle theme. Always happy to see a new episode in the works and hope you gentlemen are doing well. Signed, The Wise Guy. Um... We are doing our best, <laughs> and fortunately, we are there for each other when needed, which helps things matter along in a, quite a good way because whew, we need people in this freaking world. I can tell you right the heck, man. We do. It's been a spicy bit, and spicy we, bit. And we need jams like the Lufia 2 battle theme. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like you forget like 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 that that was one of the tracks that really got me interested in, in classic video game music again. Um, Lufia too. So it's like sometimes you gotta go. You listen back. Like it, it was awesome for a reason. Like it's got you into it for a reason. Um, all right, our next track is coming from Martyrus. This is a remix or a cover of "Happy Birthday" from Gimmick. We talked about Gimmick earlier. This is covered by Martial Art.
Oh, yes. Happy birthday gimmick. That was chosen by our friend, listener, uh, Patreon member, fellow podcaster, host of the ReVGM podcast, Marshall, uh, no, Martyrus. Martyrus is not Marshall. <laughs> Art. Wait, wait, or is he? The song was covered. It was a Mas- uh, Masashi Kageyama uh, covered by Marshall Art. Um, uh, Martyrus would like to say, I discovered this game while prepping for last year's birthday episode. This is a game that I had never ever heard about. And since then, it has piqued my interest. It looks fun and quirky as I watch some of the gameplay on YouTube. While this game is now available on the Switch as a special edition, I figured I'd include it as a game I missed out on. I also hope you'll play it as my birthday was last weekend and I turned five decades old. Yes, my man. We are. We He's are only working, slightly younger than me. I'm work, we are working up to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, I love, I love Gimmick. Gimmick is so hard. It is like a short game that is incredibly hard, but it has some of like... My favorite, favorite um, NES music ever. I, I think I'll finally end up playing it once my Switch copy shows because I actually did, despite telling myself I'm done buying limited edition games, <laughs> I did end up buying that in the other one, Trip World DX. Oh, okay. That, that well. one's, we, yeah, we played a lot of music from that. Well, not a lot. We played some music from that one. That, that one's supposed to be like short and sweet. Um, gimmick is hard as nails. It's so cute. And it's so, so cute. And it is so hard. Also, I'm kind of dating myself here yeah. by the fact that when you announced the track title, and I do know this track's title from previous experience, mm. for some reason my brain still went to Cat Girl Nuku Nuku, which <laughs> also has a track called Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday. And I've been playing it in my head ever since you said it. Gosh darn it. Um, was not intended. <laughs> well, for more information on the bonus round, please go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the artist's band camps, sound clouds, everywhere you can download, buy, stream the music, support the artists. That would be great. Thank you very much. All right, thank you everybody for listening to the show. Our episode thirty-seven dash one. We're gonna call this uh, "Time for Games." <laughs> time for games. There was time now. Time for games. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you everyone. Uh, showed up. This has been a live stream show. If uh, you want to be a part of our live stream shows in the future, go to Patreon.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels. Um, I keep hoping that we can get back to a regular show um, as soon as I have started making plans for it. We had you went on a trip, and then I got super duper sick. So yeah, because I will say, I at least I mean, my life has gotten rockier as well as yours has. But I will say, as long as I know that you're good with doing an episode, for the most part, I don't think I've had anything yeah. that's really been like we can't do it because of me right now. Well, I think that we can probably start going back to recording around like eight o'clock at night All because right. he goes to bed at like seven. Oh, we, oh, okay. So I feel like one week we can do it in person, and then another week we can do it remotely, like at that hour. Okay. Because I don't want to, I don't want to risk waking him up. <laughs> well, now that my computer is back up and running yeah. again, we could do remote. So, again. so let's start figuring out um, like a regular schedule. I think we can kind of get back to it. All right. Um, Which means also, guys, I think I have a list of them already. But hit us with some topics because we're a little rusty. Yeah, on topics. might might be a little bit of a wild card until uh, until a bit later. Uh, but yeah, anyway, if you want to get in contact with the show, if you want to say hi, you want to say hello, if you have any questions or suggestions about the show, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for more information about the show, a full track listing of this episode, and access to all of our episodes, go to the website. www.rhythmandpixels.com.
com. Now you can get all of our episodes there. Our our feed, our podcast feed, only goes back to World World Three, which is still a ways back. But I mean, if you want to hear like 2015, 2016 episodes, you have to go to the website. Um, every other week, I've been releasing kind of throwback episodes, and they've been really interesting to listen to. There's one episode where I was talking about how I wasn't gonna, uh, I, I I couldn't play Street Fighter Five yet because I hadn't purchased a PS4. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's fun to listen back to some of these older episodes. Um, so yeah, so I'll be doing those for a little while longer, um, probably through uh, the fall, maybe um, the fall of civilization. Um, and if you'd like to uh, support the show, we also have a uh, YouTube station, youtubecom pixels where we play eight um, bit, sixteen bit classics and deep cuts twenty four seven. There's also I'm also running the uh, KVGM Last Wave Live Station. You go to KVGM uh, YouTube. And um, yeah, it's, it's he's he is every episode from that show is on that station right now, almost, which is like over like sixteen hundred songs. Um, it's really really impressive. I, I really like that station. I'm running that from a separate server, and so that hasn't gone down yet. Um, I'm really pleased with that station. So check that out on YouTube.com. YouTube.com. If you like to support the show, the best thing you can do is to share it with other people or tell people about it. You can also help us by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. And as a member there, you get access to live stream episodes, which will eventually come back to being monthly again. Um, you get also, um, there's some exclusive content um, on the website, uh, Patreon. There's also um, stuff like stickers and there's mugs and there's exclusive t-shirts. And also we like to thank uh, members who are at the highest levels at the end of every episode. So I'd like to thank uh, Brooke, Corey, and Khalid. The three of you, thank you very, very much for your support of our show. Khalid, also, thank you so much for that email. Um, we always love hearing from you, and it was really nice to uh, hear those kind of words from you. Thank you so much. I want to thank you to Kristen, GameFan44. Thank you to Martyrus, host of the ReVGM podcast. Thank you to Mike Myers, Fashion8060, Antmaster, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito, co-host of the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Thank you to Christopher Sandstrom, host of Gameable Audio Podcast, Davey Cakes, David Good, David Taylor, and Chilagata Rago, Harold Howard, Triple Jeff, Justin Schneider, host of XVGM Radio, Keith Shusterman, Rage Cage, host of the VG Emporium Podcast. He's approaching episode 100. Oh, that's a huge milestone for any show, but 100 episodes. So congratulations. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Well, thank you to Reinhardt Selkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, and Zach Thornbach. All of you, thank you very, very much, and many, many more for your support of our show. It helps and keep the, everything all hosted. helps keep uh, us fed. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. also just worth noting as an extension of that, like I know that we've been very finicky with our releases over the course of the summer or so, and... It's very appreciative that you guys are still like, no big deal. You do what you got to do. Take care of your own stuff. Yeah. And you didn't just like drop support. You're just kind of <laughs> hanging out with yeah, us. It's, fortunately, podcasting, especially retro podcasting, is very different from like Twitch streaming or even YouTubing. Where like, if you don't produce uh, for a week, you're you, forgotten. You are forgotten. But um, it's a little different. You know, people like save up episodes. You know, I can't listen to this one this week. So next week I have three I can listen to. So, and we have a lot in the kitty. We have a lot. If, if you're new to the show or if you're new-ish to the show and you're looking for podcasts to listen to, just go back and look for topics that look interesting to you. 
That's I suggest doing that. Or wild card it. Don't Just roll be, a die, yeah. two dice, and get two numbers and say, here's the episode I'm looking but at. But don't be a hero and go from 1 to 100 to 200 to 300. It's too much. Or be a hero. My hero, video gamia. <laughs> you could you could do that. You can count you can count all the way up to our most current episode, which is three hundred and something. Oh my gosh, I'm afraid to even look. <laughs> well, I am looking. Uh, podcast episodes. This is going to be our three hundred and sixty third mainline episode. Wow! So I know we did a three hundredth episode spectacular at one point. Uh, we have done seventeen bonus beats episodes. And then I think there was a couple like uh, little one-off things. But then we also did um, during the, the beginning of the pandemic, we also had, we did a bunch of Patreon exclusive um, uh, content where we just chat for like 20, 30 minutes before the show, and I thought which we had to stop because it was just you and me being real angry. <laughs> well, I mean, we could have fun with that now, technically. There's all, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I as I do like chatting with everybody, yeah. and I'm perfectly fine with the idea of like well, we can just meet up and like let's ramble about games. And oh stuff. yeah, yeah. I bet you, but it's better. I think I like it with the stream. So with a monthly meetup with the stream is good. Oh yeah, committing to more. Like I was originally thinking like oh we do this, we do a Twitch stream, we do this, we do but that. But then life happens, and then life finds a way. <laughs> oh, it does. I mean, I was honestly I was planning for it for for months and months and months and months and months and months. It just happened all of a sudden. Well, I mean, it's more like you planned for it, but I, re- I will never forget. You were like, oh, it won't be a big deal. It'll be, we'll, we'll be able to do all this. And then you was, I was like, I don't know, man. I never said it wouldn't be oh, a big deal. Oh, Did I not? Well, and it's not in the sense of taking yeah, care of a yeah. baby, but in the sense of like being able to manage it I all. I said, I'm going to manage. I'm going to manage. And you know, I have a life balance, but COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it said, no, you don't. It wasn't even COVID. They were talking about when you got your kid. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was rough. It was like, okay, I can, I can handle all this. I can do it. I'm like, I don't know, Rob. I've seen have, how this works. I can have it all, Pernell. <laughs> you was like, I can't have it I all. I can have it all. I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had, to, I had to drop something. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stop taking care of myself. And, no. <laughs> and now, now I just have to wake up at 5 in the morning to go running. And uh, I got I to gotta give you that, though. And that's going to tie into my oh, and remember this, too. This this ruined my. I, I've been I've been training up for up for a half marathon. But the thing is, like oh. I'm telling you, man, you on don't discredit, don't dis um crap. I'm tired. Don't undervalue. Discount. Don't discount undervalue what the fact that you've continued to still run, even if it's not the, at the volume that you've been. Yeah. Because a lot of people would take what's going on now, and they would say. This is a good excuse to stop because, and it'd be a valid one. Don't get you know me wrong. What? I, I, I see that. I can see the pull to do that. But when you're in your 40s, it's dangerous to stop. Yeah. You, your health is really what you have. Yep. Not yeah. just that, but getting back on any grind yeah. once you drop the grind. If we started this tough. in our 20s or 30s, we could probably get back to it. You know, we have time. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I got to be healthy for him. I got to be healthy for you. I gotta oh, be, stop it. I got to be healthy for you. I know you yeah. like I know the kind of body you like. Oh, shut <laughs> I'm trying to get my body myself. This uh, junk is hard. Anyway, thank you everyone for supporting us on Patreon. Um, uh, we will see you next week, I believe. We're going to have a new show, hopefully. If not, it'll be a fun throwback episode and we'll have a new one in the books. So, my name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. We'll see you next time. And remember, like I said earlier in the episode, times are tough. They're going to get tougher. Let's be honest here. It's not slowing down. It's getting tougher. Uh, And despite the fact that we kind of find ourselves occasionally thinking that, oh, we can all do this alone. I can do this by myself. I don't need nobody. I don't need no man. I don't need no woman. I don't need no friends. Fact of the matter is, that is a lie. 
that people tell themselves when they just need to push themselves through, which don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. But in reality, we do need each other. We need support networks. We need friends. We need family, whether it's a large amount or a small amount. Be there for each other. Do the best you can to be there for each other and allow yourself to let others be there for you. And most importantly, across all of that, Take care of yourself so that you can be there for other people and for yourself. And it's easy to say, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'm not worried about it. I ain't thinking about it. But guess what? When the time comes knocking, when the doctor says, I found a thing, or when you start to realize things have gotten a little weird for you, at that point, it's already happened. Do what you can now so that you can reduce the chances of the doctor saying, I got a thing I got to tell you about. Because it's never fun when they sit you down with, I got to tell you about a thing. Trust me on that. So, have a good night. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.